the better business a person runs, the better they are going to take care of their customers. The more legitimate a business is, the less likely that business owner is going to fail you. Hey there, welcome to the Complete Wedding Photography for Couples podcast. Do you know that the number one regret for most couples after their wedding is usually their photographs? Tammy will share all the knowledge and expertise she has gained over the years to help you get the very best wedding images from your photographer. The conversations on this podcast are going to help you understand how almost every decision you make for your wedding day directly affects your photographer. Tammy is going to give you the knowledge and awareness you need to create a nearly perfect position for your photographer to be in on your wedding day. And that means better images for you to remember your special milestone. Tammy Blaylock is an internationally awarded, nationally featured wedding photographer and published author. Since 2010, she has excelled in helping each of her couples capture beautiful, emotive images from their big day. Tammy wants your wedding day to be as perfect as you do. So tune in and listen up, because this episode's about to begin. Hello, everyone, and welcome to my podcast. My name is Tammy, and I am your host for the complete guide to wedding photography for couples getting married. I am just so happy that you are here, and I personally want to extend a very warm welcome. Thank you so much for tuning in today to learn how to set your wedding photographer up for success and how to eliminate all of the obstacles and challenges that you didn't even know that you might be creating for your wedding photographer. If you like today's tips, I just want to remind you that there are about a thousand others just like it in my book available on Amazon. I believe that a photographer's brain power should be used to create beautiful images on your wedding day and not solving problems that may or may not relate to photography. So if you're listening in real time, Easter is coming up and Easter is not one of my favorite holidays, but this Easter is going to be special um, because this will be the first Easter that I get to celebrate with both of my grandbabies. Uh, Saturday, we're going to be celebrating that with our extended family. So my, my dad, my grandbaby's great grandfather and all of uh, our family on my dad's side or my immediate family. So my brother, my sister, my dad and their families. And then Sunday, my oldest daughter and grandson are going into San Antonio to have just a nice quiet afternoon at one of my favorite wedding venues, the Lambermont. It's a historical mansion close to downtown San Antonio, and we're just going to go and sit out on the lawn and have a picnic and let uh, my grandson Archie um, look for some Easter eggs. Um, But both days are going to be special, and I'm glad that um, I get to see both of my grandbabies for Easter. In other news, the annual convention for photo wedding stories was completed uh, late last week. And I had submitted 11 images. Of those 11 images, 
I received eight merits, which I was completely blown away by because I also received two first places, one in wedding photojournalism, which I do specialize in, and the other one was in uh, humor. They had a humor category. So I got two first place trophies submitting. And also what was special for me is that I submitted one to the children and teenagers category and had an image merit in that category as well. So getting eight merits in one photo competition, I've never done before. So that just, those results just really blew me away. All right, enough about me. Let's get on to helping you. Today's episode is the second half of the topic, stop shopping only on price. So Time and time again, I see couples shopping only on price for their wedding photographer. The first question they ask is, how much can someone recommend a wedding photographer who doesn't charge an arm and a leg, who doesn't break the bank, who won't cost me a fortune? No one is asking, can someone recommend a wedding photographer who practices good photography theory and sound photography practices, who is running a legitimate business, who won't ghost me, who offers a written contract, who will deliver according to the terms of that contract, who has been educated beyond YouTube, who offers print products, who understands lighting and composition, who will respect my wedding day, who will dress accordingly, act accordingly, and not treat my wedding day like their very own styled shoot? Who can recommend a wedding photographer who will work their ass off? No, they just revert to how much does it cost? I believe that this is the main question potential couples ask because they are usually first-time shoppers and don't know enough about wedding photography. Probably the last time they interacted with a professional photographer was at their high school or college graduation, and maybe they got portraits for that occasion. Or they didn't properly vet that photographer either. So they fall back on the one thing that they do understand and that they do know about, which is money. So they ask, how much does it cost? Couples number one regret after the wedding day tends to be the photographs. And this is because photography is not a regulated or standardized industry. Literally, anyone with a camera can enter the photography industry. And if you piss a few clients off, all you have to do is change your company name and voila, you can keep on shooting. So as a paying client, you really have to do your due diligence to shop based on more than just price in order to have the best possible opportunity to be wowed by your photographer. Pitting photographers against one another based only on price is not going to cut it, guys. 
Okay, so let's take a second to recap. In the last episode, we covered some photography basics. We learned about good exposure. When something is blown out, like a wedding dress, a veil, or a sky, if something in the image lacks detail, it's blown out or clipped, and it's not going to show any sort of detail when it's printed or looked at. We learned what good color was. We can tell usually good color by looking at skin tones in an image. Does the skin look real? Do the people look real? If they are too orange, red, green, or blue, or any other color that doesn't look like natural skin tones, it's not a good color balance. And good framing. We learned what good framing was. If anything in the image is intersecting with the subject's heads, like horizons, that's the most common intersector, or tree limbs, or power lines, or someone's arm or finger, or a fence, this is not good framing. And lastly, we talked about good perspectives or good angles. If every single image that a photographer takes is from their standing position, this is not good perspectives. And it doesn't provide the client with a good variety or a dynamic array of images. And it doesn't tell a good story or lead to an interesting perspective for the viewer. So in this episode, we're going to speak about good business owners. At the end of the day, you are also hiring a business person. And I can testify that the better business a person runs, the better they are going to take care of their customers. The more legitimate a business is, the less likely that business owner is going to fail you. It's like the difference between buying a puppy on the roadside, at a doggy mill or flea market, or from a registered AKC breeder. All of these people might sell cute puppies, but who is more likely to wow you with their products and services? Will the roadside breeder wow you from time to time? Maybe. But who would you rely on to consistently wow you with their products and services? Which dog is more likely to be infested with parvo, fleas, or ringworms? I would say that would be the roadside vendor. So it's the same thing in the wedding photography world. There are equivalents of the roadside vendor, the flea market salesman, and the Macy retailer. You might be able to find an absolute gem of a wedding photographer on the roadside or even at the flea market, but it's going to be a rarity. However, your chances are much greater if you follow these protocols. Hey guys, real quickly, if you're loving the tips I'm sharing on this podcast, please share a screenshot of wherever you're listening to your Instagram story and tag Complete Wedding Ed. Just a quick reminder, my book is available on Amazon and it's Prime 
eligible. Pick a copy up today to get all my tips all at once. All right, so you can have a much greater chance of finding a great wedding photographer who runs a great business and is less likely to disappoint you if you follow these protocols. Number one, they must have insurance. And when I say this, I do not recommend hiring a photographer who gets a day of insurance policy. I recommend a photographer who is insured every single day of the year because if they are only insured on the day of your wedding, but they lose your images somehow on another day, would you be covered for that? Would you be able to have some sort of a recourse for that if they only had insurance on the day of your wedding? I don't know that the answer to that, but I wouldn't want to find out. So you need a wedding photographer who carries liability insurance, errors and omission insurance, all the kinds of insurance every single day of the year. Number two, what is the age of their business? The older, the better. Most photography businesses fell after five years. So if you are hiring, if you are looking to hire two wedding photography companies and they are the same in every, every regard, let's just pretend they are the same in every regard, but one is three months old and one is 13 years old, I would lean toward the one who is older. Longevity says a lot. Number three, written contracts. You should be hiring a wedding photographer who is going to supply you with a written contract. This should outline all of the expectations that you will have for each other. The who, the what, the when, the where, and the how. It should outline exactly what you're paying for and when you should receive it. It should address penalties if you don't and it should, um, among other things, address cancellations and rescheduling. Number four, your wedding photographer should be paying sales tax. And if you're listening outside of the United States, I really can't speak to that. But I know in Texas, and this is probably similar in other states in the United States, but in Texas, every photographer should have a sales tax certificate, even if they are only delivering digital images. Ask to see it. You might want to save money by not paying the sales tax, but think about how that might affect you on a personal level. What if every business owner didn't collect sales tax? Texas might then invoke a personal income tax or even raise the sales tax percentage. Sales tax helps us by partially funding secondary public schools and state-run universities. It helps with our teachers' retirement funds, with special projects for the Texas Highway Department, with children's lunch programs, with WIC, and some of it is partially allocated for state Medicaid recipients. 
Why would you not want a business that you're dealing with to contribute to these programs? And a proper business, this is number five, a proper business should also be paying county property taxes on the business that they own, even when they are operating out of their home. You can check both of these tax records to see if they are in good standing or if the business is recognized by the county in Texas by searching the county name followed by the letters C-A-D. That's for the property tax. The sales tax would be at a separate website, but they are both, I know in Texas, both of these tax records are They are online and they are open public records. So you can see if your wedding photographer has a sales tax certificate and if they are paying county property taxes. This should be similar for other states in the U.S., but I can't speak for other countries. Again, all business owners, even very small ones, should be contributing to their local economies. Number six, is your potential wedding photographer a sole proprietor or are they any kind of a legal entity? Are they an LLC, a corporation? Are they incorporated, etc.? This just means that they've taken the time to protect and separate their personal assets from their business assets and it helps to prove their business legitimacy. Number seven, do they have a website? Are they advertising on more than just social media accounts? This proves that they have an investment of time and money. It proves that the business owner is committed to running a legitimate business. Number eight, check their Google reviews. See what other couples are saying about the business and see how the photographer responds. And not only to the great reviews, but also to those reviews that might be less favorable. You know, are they arguing with couples online? Or are they acknowledging that, yes, there was some shortcomings and this is how or what I did to correct it? You can learn a lot by reading the reviews. Number nine, what kind of an email address do they have? Are they using gmail.com or do they have a name at a url.com to match their website? Again, this is another investment that legitimate business owners should make. Number 10, education. There are conventions, conferences, workshops, one-on-one mentoring, online classes, anything other than self-teaching and watching YouTube tutorials that wedding photographers should be consuming. They should be willing to make these investments in their craft. I have taken some of these boutique style workshops that were 12 students or less and sat next to students whom I would consider to be world-renowned wedding photographers. My point is that no one, no one, underscore no one, should be above learning And no one should ever think that there is nothing left to learn. 
Number 11, international photo competition. This is an extension of education. This is a chance to get specific feedback from master level world-renowned photographers and to see how their work is compared to other photographers on an international stage. This is a chance for a wedding photographer to see how their work is competing against some of the very, very best wedding photographers in the world. This is a chance for them to see, are they shooting at a professional level or are they even not there? And if they are shooting at a professional level, are they able to compete on that international stage? Number 12, quality over quantity. I do not believe that a wedding photographer should be shooting more than one wedding per weekend. And ideally, no more weddings than two per month. Your body needs time to rest. And a wedding photographer needs time for processing those images so that they can have an adequate time to deliver the images. In my mind, if a photographer is shooting a full day wedding on a Friday, and then again on the very following Saturday, the couple on Friday is getting a much better deal from the photographer. They are going to be more alive, more rested, more refreshed, and more creative on Friday. By Saturday, they're still going to be recovering from Friday's wedding. And I don't care how young or in shape the photographer is, they will not, I repeat, they will not be 100% for that Saturday wedding. Number 13, part-time or full-time? Is this a part-time or full-time gig for your potential wedding photographer? Nothing against part-timers. But if your part-timer potential wedding photographer also has another full-time job on their hands, you're going to be competing with that time. They're going to be more difficult to get a hold of. They're going to be more difficult to schedule meetings and sessions with. And they're going to have less time to work on your projects. This is really simple math here, guys. And number 14, this is my final tip for helping you choose a bona fide, legitimate wedding photographer who is going to have the highest probability of satisfying your imagery needs. If everything checks out, tips one through 13, if everything else checks out, how long does it take for them to respond to your inquiry? This is a good preview into how all future communications would be with them if you hired them. If they took two weeks to respond to you when you're offering to give them money, then most likely they'd probably take even longer once you've already paid them and you have a question about your engagement session or your timeline or your wedding album. So think about that, guys. All right, there you have it. There are 14 tips to help you vet your wedding photographer after you've determined that their images are worth having. After you've determined that their images 
are something that you want to document your milestone memory with, that they have good exposure, good color, good framing, and good perspectives. You've moved on past that, then you can use these 14 tips to determine that this wedding photographer is also a good business owner and they are more likely to do a good job for you. All right, guys, if you have a topic you'd like me to cover or have a specific question you'd like me to answer, send me an email at Tammy, T-A-M-M-Y at atagirlphoto.com. That's A-T-A girlphoto.com. I'd love for you to share a screenshot of wherever you listen today and share that to your Instagram stories. Be sure to tag Complete Wedding Ed. If you want to know more about my book, this podcast, or my wedding photography, all you have to do is log on to completeweddinged.com or atagirlphoto.com. All the links to all the things are in my show notes. Thank you so much for listening today. I hope you have a smashing day. I will catch you next time. Adios. Thank you for listening to the Complete Wedding Photography for Couples podcast. We hope you enjoyed your time and we hope that you learned something to make your wedding photographs better and your wedding day less stressful. If you're enjoying the show, please feel free to rate, subscribe, and leave a review wherever you listen to your podcasts so others just like you can set their wedding photographer up for success. Thanks again for tuning in and we'll catch you again during the next episode.